Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the High Potion Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Crothy. I'm Halls Burkhart. Woo! <laughs> hey, this week we're going to be turning the reins over to you guys. Another sort of feedback slash listener-driven episode. So we got a voicemail, we got some emails. Going to hear from you guys, see what you guys want to talk about. These are always fun. Hey, Speaking of listeners, we're five reviews as of the time of recording from giving away our next gift card. Awesome. So we're at 35. Get us to 40. We'll do another giveaway. So uh, iTunes reviews, guys. Come on and do them. Please. Please. Yeah, the five-star variety. Of the five-star variety. Don't get cheeky and be like, here's my one-star review. You guys suck. Where's my gift card? <laughs> Guess who's going to get taken out of the running? You. <laughs> You, you, that's the answer. <clears throat> so, buddy, what do you, what you been playing? What have you been playing? Oh, great question. I've been playing some God of War 2018. So have I. Been enjoying that a good bit. Been playing a little Melty Blood, which is also a very fun little fighting game. I want to try that. It's got such a silly name. I know. I love the name. Is that a series? Yeah, it's based on a, and I know nothing about it. I just done some basic research, but it comes from a, a visual novel. That oh. was like one of those, I've not even explored the visual novel, novel genre, but it's like you buy it as like a game on Steam and then it's just something you kind of read through on your... Yeah, and it's got some choices. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I I know a little bit about visual novels, but it's something that I have not delved into super hardcore. Mm-hmm. There's a couple that have piqued my interest. There's one called Doki Doki Literature Club. Mm-hmm. I've heard of it. That's... Got some crazy feedback and good reviews. I want to try out Danganronpa mm-hmm. is another one that I hear people talk about all the time. And then I have this game on PlayStation Four uh, called Thirteen Sentinels: Aegis Rim, yeah, I believe is I've the name of it. it. Mm-hmm. And it's a mix between um, a visual novel and like a uh, strategy RPG type thing, like a tactical RPG. Uh, I need to check it out. I've heard the story is fucking crazy. I've heard people compare it to Lost. Mm. So <clears throat> I got to check that out. Yeah, man. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, Melty Blood, the, the visual novel is called Tsukuhime. Okay. And it's like a vampire. I think a vampire So story. this isn't 
a series of is this is the first fighting game in no, no. there's okay. there's been other fighting games i think this is the first one that's in like even hd oh maybe. it's been a it's been a been minute, a minute. Yeah. okay okay yeah man the fighting game genre there are some niche fighting games that i've never heard of but have very same. dedicated fan base right same here like i you know I knew about Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat and mm-hmm. whatnot a few years ago. but And I, then, like, you know, King of Fighters. I was like, okay, I know what that is. And right. then, obviously, your 3D boys, your Virtual Fighters, your Tekkens and whatnot. But. And I'd always heard <sighs> of, like, the Guilty Gears and mm-hmm. the Blaze Blues, but I never really... Darkstalkers. Mm-hmm. Never really dipped my toe into those until recently. And... Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel like maybe it's because we're not getting a ton of next-gen stuff. I'm really like an idea of checking out some of these fighting games that aren't um you know as well known as your your street fighters and your mortal combats right yeah and they're all fun multiple <coughs> it's pretty fun yeah i might actually pick that up today i was kind of thinking about that you know what i've been thinking about picking up and i know i'd pick it up and be like oh this is fun for an afternoon probably and then not play it much after is that new new nickelodeon fighting game that's like smash brothers but it's got like the ninja turtles oh i bet and, that'd be fun and it's got like uh the characters from avatar and spongebob and powdered toast man it's called nickelodeon all-star brawl mm-hmm. it's getting some decent reviews you know the seven eight seven to eight point five range is mm-hmm. what i've seen um but i just don't know i don't know if they'd be one of those things i'd pick up and I'd be like a month from now being like, oh, I'm sure glad I spent the money on Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl. Maybe I'll pick okay. it up on a sale someday. Yeah. I would say Melty Blood first. Mel- Melty Blood definitely takes priority, for sure. Um, what have I been playing? I've been playing God of War. Obviously, we talked about the betas. Uh, I messed around with Astraea. As- oh, Ascending? Yes. Astraea Ascending? Yeah, I saw that. That looked right up your alley. Beautiful. Like, man, just so many games, so little time. I if I had time to devote to it more, I think it would really suck me in. Because just the visual style alone is really good. Really, really good. Um, so, yeah, that's one I would like to put some more time into. Um, and that's really been it. You know, little things here and there. Messing around, checking out a Game Pass game here or there and um, and whatnot. But... The main focus has been playing like the Halo beta, the Battlefield beta, because those are limited. My time is limited. So right. mm-hmm. on the weekend, that's kind of what I've been playing. And God of War, which the PlayStation 5 version is incredible. You know, I <clears throat> a lot of those PlayStation 4 exclusives, I played on a base PlayStation 4 because oh, yeah. I never got a Pro. Yeah, that's, that so, was my jump in point was the PlayStation 4 Pro. It's even... It feels like even more of an upgrade going back to play some of these games. Yeah, I bet. Jeez. Yes. And all of them are so good. Yeah, you brought this up uh, while we were on uh, Xbox Party Chat last night. The idea of ranking the PlayStation 4 exclusives mm-hmm. from last generation. That's tough for me. It is. Cause it really is. The thing is, like, all right, I'm going to open up a document real quick. Like... And obviously, I can only rank the ones I've played, which is a fair number. Yeah. Um, and I say we should keep it to PlayStation first party exclusives. Oh, yeah. Because Final Fantasy VII Remake will be coming out 
at the very least on PC at some point, if not PC and Xbox. Right. Um, even though right now the only place you can play it is PlayStation. But first party stuff, what we got Last of Us 2, right? Mm-hmm. We've got Ghost of Tsushima, mm-hmm. God of War, yep. Spider-Man, mm-hmm. uh, Horizon, Zero Dawn. What else? Bloodborne. Mm-hmm. I know what your number one's going to be. <laughs> this is no spoiler. This is no no tough thing to figure out. What else we got? I think you hit the big ones. Uh, there's Ratchet and Clank. I haven't played that. I've played the new one, but I didn't play the sort of remake of the first one the that reboot, they did. Yeah. Um, um, there's probably one or two that we're forgetting. Uh, I never. I haven't gotten up to Uncharted four. I haven't played that yet either, and I've wanted to wait until they remastered or and did the, re- about the sixty to. frames, which they are definitely doing. Um. So yeah, let's just let's go with those. Because if those are the ones that pop into our head, obviously those are the ones that stick out to us, right? Mm-hmm. Ranking Last of Us 2, Ghost of Tsushima, God of War, Spider-Man, Horizon Zero Dawn, and Bloodborne. That's a tough one because every one of those fucking games is excellent. I know. It's very tough. I'm looking at the, the ones we missed, and there are a couple. Persona 5 is, is a oh, big one. Pers- but it's not a first party. You're right. But it's, it's, it's done by Atlas, but it is exclusive. It is exclusive. You're right. It's not first party, but that one's pretty popular. Um, Days Gone. I didn't even play that one, really. Um, Bad. Yeah. And I would say Sam that Whitwer. Shadow of the, the Shadow of the Colossus remake was really good. Yeah. Still okay. kind of a remake, but, you know, whatever. And then the, I didn't play The Last Guardian. Um, so for me, the number one would be Spider-Man. Yeah, and like I think our subjective number ones, like, obvi- like mine's Bloodborne, obviously, mm-hmm. and yours would be Spider Man. But like, if you were to take out like bias, would Spider-Man. it change? It would still be nice. Spider Man. Cool. I love that game, buddy. I platinumed it. I played the PlayStation Four version and the PlayStation Five version, and got the platinum trophy in both. There's, there's some love for that game there to right. put that much time into it twice. I mean, I would say that I think best story. For me, is the Last of Us Two. Look, the the writing in Last of Us Two is fucking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Where you and I differ on the Last of Us Two is the replayability. Mm-hmm. Because I finished the Last of Us Two and I was like, that was amazing. But you don't want to. I'll back. see you when three comes out. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean. And I've played through it several times. <laughs> yeah. Since then, yeah. I'm- you know, I think for all the amazing stuff that's in the Last of Us Two. There's some stuff that doesn't shine as bright. Mm-hmm. I still don't think the gunplay oh, controls. I mean, it's not. It's it's definitely not top shelf. Right. The, the gameplay, but I do enjoy the gameplay. I do too. There's Once lots again. Of... I had an amazing time. Mm-hmm. It was an emotional roller coaster. The writing's really good. The performances are really good. Yeah. The music's really good. The gra- It was beautiful. Once again, base PlayStation Four. Loved it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I would say the most fully realized game is probably God of War. I think that that one feels to me like it got the most well-rounded gameplay. I would say God of War is very impressive, and we can always go into this in depth later. But the most impressive thing about God of War is you didn't just do a fourth God of War and make it like the other three. It's a completely reimagined game, and it's reimagined in a way that makes 100% sense. Yeah, I mean... You know, once again, amazing performances. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, very beautiful, true. et cetera, et cetera. My number two after Spider-Man, Ghost of Tsushima. So you went with open world, open world, pretty much. I can't help, buddy. What do like? It's Spider-Man and Samurai. Mm-hmm. You know how much I like both of those things. <laughs> I'm biased. And you can say, take your bias out of it. It's impossible. Everybody's right. ranking of anything from Hostess Snack Cakes to PlayStation 4 exclusives has some sort of bias. So it goes Spider-Man, goes to Tsushima. And they're close with each other. Right. The, the fucking combat in Ghost of Tsushima was so fun to me. Doing the thing where you challenge the dudes and you can do like the one hit kill and then you can upgrade to where you can do that to more than one person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, for me, it's it's going to go Bloodborne, The Last of Us 2, God of War, Ghost of Tsushima, and then Spider-Man. And I mean, like the fact that Spider-Man is that low is pretty ridiculous, honestly, because that game is incredible. Like they're all really That's what I was going to really say. Good. Like Last of Us 2 might be at the bottom for me, mm-hmm. but I loved that game. Right, like There's I- All of these games are good. I can't speak a ton to Bloodborne because I've only played a little bit of it. We're going to get you there eventually. Oh, we will. We absolutely will. One of these days um, we get a goddamn 60 frames. Okay, well, okay, so this is a good thing to bring. I think this is a good little transitionary thing. Something that's happened in recent weeks is Sony announced that they bought Bluepoint Games. Bluepoint Games is now a first-party Sony-owned studio. Bluepoint Games, we talked about in our Demon Souls episode because they are responsible for the Demon Souls remake. Mm, which I loved. Which they did a phenomenal job on. Um. And it, this is one of those ones that you could sort of see coming. Mm-hmm. After oh, the sure. response to the Demon Souls remake, it, I'm not surprised at all that they brought them into the fold. They also handled the Shadow of the Colossus remake, which mm-hmm. was really well received. They did a lot of remaster work for them as well. I feel like the um, Uncharted collection collection was yeah. remastered by Blue Point. <laughs> <laughs> she almost got me. Almost. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I think... Um, it only makes sense to bring them in. Now, <clears throat> in the announcement article I was reading on IGN, they said something about working on a, cause original IP. an original IP or they're working on a new game, not remastered game, which I think is interesting. I'll be interested to see what they do. Right. Because um, clearly they've got a lot of talent involved. Oh, yeah. But that talent to this date has worked off previously established right we greatness don't, we don't know are they are they david benioff and db weiss? weiss i hope not <laughs> i hope not yeah i hope they- you want to know one of the biggest size of release uh, relief i've ever had was when lucasfilm was like hey those game of thrones guys they're too busy to make a star wars and after all the people that have been signed on and then fired from doing a Star Wars and all the drama that causes, that was, I didn't care. I was like, thank God. God. You put those dudes on a Bezos rocket fired into the sun. Yeah, send them off to Westeros. <laughs> <laughs> Trial yeah, by combat. Exactly. Put them up against the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> put them up against Joffrey. <laughs> Breaking my goddamn heart. I remember... Uh, Quick aside, I remember when, because we used to have the most fun Game of Thrones nights, Mm -hmm. you guys, starting with season two. From season two to season eight, 
we got together with our friends for almost every episode and watched them together. Yeah, Maybe r- someone was out of town. Random out of town thing here yeah, and there. Yeah. But we'd switch places and, you know, at least once a year we'd have like a big potluck thing where everybody cook up tasty food for the finale or something. And I remember Steve and I were the first people that were started to side eye each other. You know, yeah, like season five, maybe there was some there was some red flags in season five, and we were looking at each other. And I remember this one time you and I went out to my car for something uh, when y'all were playing at the Nick, and then we were walking back from my car to the Nick. And I remember saying to you, "Man, I I don't want to say it to the rest of the group, but I feel like Game of Thrones isn't very good anymore." <laughs> and you going, "Me too." Yeah, it sucked. Yeah. So what Blue Point is up to? I'm very fascinated in, in one of Obviously, it's going to be, if this is something they're just starting, or if they've been working on it for a little while, it's going to be a little bit before we see it, right? Right. Of course. Yeah. I don't know how long they were working on Demon Souls. Yeah, I don't know. I, I watched the documentary about the making of it that Noclip did, and uh, I can't remember if they mentioned how long they had been working mm-hmm. on it. A couple of years, I would imagine. Man, I really wish that they'd be like, look, y'all here's the deal you can do whatever you want unlimited budget do to it, make any, your original anything, ip your original ip of bob's barkers the video game we're gonna do it but could you just real quick make bloodborne 60 frames per second 4k i want them to do for bloodborne <laughs> what they did for demon souls i mean and that's uh, that's not even as big of a jump between uh, demon souls on ps3 and demon souls on playstation 4 you know they, what i mean i would be ecstatic if they did that now where did it this so you texted me and you're like man i hope they're not making bloodborne 2 where did that come from i mean well that's the thing like it's just you see random rumors on twitter yeah people are like i heard they're they're going to yarnum or whatever and i'm like okay so either this person's just trying to stir up shit which is probably what it is it could very well probably what it is you know what they we call those steve i like to clue you in on because you know you're not super versed in twitter right, yeah that's a clout goblin <laughs> okay there's a big problem with star wars clout goblins and star wars twitter and it is something that annoys the shit out of me yeah there are some hardcore like mm, give me the clout right. i'm in my little cave and i need the star wars clout let me fire off a tweet what's your favorite lightsaber like and retweet You got a perfect sound in there too. Here's Boba Fett as different Simpsons characters. <laughs> Clout Goblin. Yeah, it's trash, but like, you know, just they do such a good job with their stuff, but at the same time they've earned the right to make their own game, you know. They've definitely put in the work. So, yeah, if they don't want to do Bloodborne, then what I think they need to do, it. Sony gives them a bunch of money. And says, hey, hire people. We'll have two. You guys need two teams. You need a Bloodborne remake team. And here's a big budget to make your original game. Two teams working on two different things. Mm -hmm. See, because there just has to be a reason. Because there's all these other games that are getting 60 frames. The the treatment, you know. Uh But I feel like Sony feels like they're sitting on something with Bloodborne. And Mm -hmm. they want to do it right, maybe. Yeah, the idea of somebody besides from making a bloodborne 2 and i'm not even the most well-versed from person that just seems wrong no thank you yeah no thank you i i mean 
unless Miyazaki is involved somehow, it's just not going to be the same to me. Yeah, and I don't want any of this like, oh, he gave it their blessing. Yeah, no. He, he needs to be a little more hands-on than just like, eh, I don't feel like doing a Bloodborne 2, so you guys do it. Right. I mean, you're talking about, <laughs> I mean, pr- pretty widely regarded as most people's favorite from game is Bloodborne. Is it yours? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I had to really think about it. Like, I mean, it's between that and Dark Souls 3. And it's just, it can depend on the day, really. You know, with 3, you get a little more RPG aspects. You know, you can go a little deeper on builds mm-hmm. and stuff. But uh, the action in Bloodborne is just Some about the shit. world of Bloodborne that is too. so just fucked up and dirty and yep. gross feeling and you haven't even gotten to like the the crazy shit. crazy stuff yeah. no i've only gotten past the first real boss right so yeah you you still have tons of stuff playing the a music mind. box for that fucker evan a uh, <laughs> friend of the podcast mm-hmm. and, and a decorator of the podcast as well evan DeCellis. he and i have been uh dming each other on twitter all week about uh bloodborne and He's struggling with. He's making his way through it though. He did it. He's definitely no, he, further than I am. He did it. I told him he he beat he's beaten the game. I think a couple of times. I told him he needs to do the DLC though because he's beaten the game a couple of times. I think so. Yeah. I'll be damned. Way to go, Evan. Yeah, Evan gets down like he's. See, it takes a special mindset to play from games like it that, does. You know? And you know, I think I messed up going from Demon souls directly into bloodborne mm-hmm. like i probably should have bit of a put a bit of a buffer i do that though where like i'll play a game and i'll be like oh it's time to roll into another thing very similar yep I, i'll finish a yakuza game and i'll be like it's like the ian mckellen not ian mckellen um who's the dude who plays bilbo baggins in the lord of the rings whatever he's the it's the meme where he's like why after all why shouldn't i oh yeah why shouldn't i play yakuza 2 yeah you know right now yeah <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I'd do the same thing. I beat Kiwami, and by the time I beat Kiwami, like, I, I was like, okay, I'll probably beat it tonight, so I'm going to start Kiwami 2 downloading. Right. And I literally started Kiwami 2 the night I beat <laughs> Kiwami. And that was the only time I played Kiwami Right, I was going to say, you probably played like an hour or two, and then was like, uh, I'll, I'll come back to it. Yep. That's usually what I do end up doing as well. Oh, did you hear that it's official that the, the Yakuza guy is moving on. He is. He's going to um, some NetEase. Is that yeah. the name of the company? Oh man. Also, speaking of Bloodborne, one of the producers uh, just moved over to t- uh, Team Ninja. Oh, yeah. So interesting. I'll be interested to see if that affects them going forward. I, I like Team Ninja. Their stuff is good, but to me, from is just it's better. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think that's safe to say. Yeah. Um, I hope the Yakuza thing doesn't. So the team that makes those games is so big. And Ryu, it, Ryuga Toka. Yeah, I think that's how you say the studio. Um, and, you know, I just hope that it doesn't lose some of that Yakuza specialness, losing that guy. Right. Um, but, you know, also looking at it, he saw through the entire story of Kiryu and got them started on the next saga with Ichiban in Like a Dragon. Right. So probably a good time to step away. Yeah. I mean, I would imagine that there's an infrastructure in place at this point where somebody can just step in. It was just a bummer to see. Of course, of course. Yeah, it it is. It's like the end of an era for sure. And he's been at Sega for a long time. A really long time. A really long time. Yeah, and I love those games, man. I'm, I'm late to them, but, man, I do love them. I stand by them. Yeah, Love if him. if I won the lottery, Steve, 
I think my first order of business would be finish the Yakuza series. <laughs> Unlimited time. Yeah. Like fuck off money where I just can do whatever I want with my time. I'd, I'd be come like over. I'd be take I'd take a week off of work and just come over and just put my uh, TV up next to yours. <laughs> paid week off of work. Because if I win the lottery, everybody's eating, son. Everybody's eating. That's right. And Jesse'd be like, Oh, I can't wait to travel. And I'd be like, Me neither. In six months when I finish the Yakuza games. <laughs> so what do you want to hold you over for while I do that? You, do you want a uh, PlayStation? Well, what, what I got to get you to keep you occupied? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, hopefully everything works out. I'm not too worried about it. Um, cause like you said, I imagine the infrastructure that goes into, cause they put those games out pretty fast now. Yeah. You know, yeah, and I think I read that they're they're working on the sequel to like a dragon, like a dragon so. yeah, and it seems like like a dragon and the judgment games will alternate, mm-hmm. probably if they can. Judgment's having that weird issue with, with the main actor. Yeah, well, it's his agency. Yeah, I think yeah, who who are mad about PC <laughs> something his, his likeness because people can mod him to where he has like a beer hat or something like that, you know, and they want to really control his image. That's silly. Uh, yeah. So do you want to, to move on and hear from some of the listeners? Yeah. All right. Let's start off. We actually got a question in a review. Someone had a question. And I don't know for sure, but I think this is our buddy, Phil. Okay. Uh, the username is Philly Cheese. Oh, yeah. That's Phil. That's Phil. What up, Phil? He says, hey, guys, loving the podcast. Got to say my favorite segments are the stories of early gaming. Totally hits home. Especially the days of the SNES and Genesis. Just got a quick question, though. What do you think is the best console generation, and what console won that generation? I personally think the generation with the Xbox 360, PS3, and Wii was the best generation, with the 360 taking the crown. Just my opinion. What are your thoughts? Nice. Roll Tide, Phil. Uh... I would definitely agree with him, at least as far as that generation, the 360 was definitely the clear winner. I think so, too. And that's up there as far as, like, you know, nostalgia, some <sighs> some of the best times. I think I agree just wholeheartedly with Phil on this because, for several reasons, the 360 sort of reignited my passion for console gaming because between... I would say the PlayStation 2 and PlayStation 3 generation, I went to college, got a decent computer, and then sort of fell headfirst into PC gaming. You know, I was playing like Knights of the Old Republic and Morrowind, and then obviously EverQuest, and the big one that had its hooks at me for a while, World of Warcraft. And then right around the time of the PlayStation 3 coming out, was when I started sort of backing away from World of Warcraft. And, you know, as history shows, PlayStation 3 had a bit of a rough launch. Yeah, it was not their turn. And I got my 360 a little over a year or two at that point into its launch. Yeah, two years. Because it came out in 2005. I got one in 2007. Mm -hmm. So by the time the 360 came out, you know, I caught up on the Halos. I played all the Halos leading up to three. So I played two Halos. <laughs> uh, Mass Effect 
which was huge for me, obviously. Um, Oblivion, I played on 360. Mm-hmm. Um, I played the Fable games, which I'd never played before, and so on and so forth. And I just got hardcore into um, console gaming. And then, you know, this was back in the day when you could go into a GameStop and there were walls of used games for cheap. So you would, I would go in and buy like five used games for 30 bucks or something when they were having a deal. And you might come home and two of those are stinkers, right. but the other three were hot fire. Yeah, yeah, you know what I, I mean? Know. So it just the experiences I had on the 360, Bioshock. Mm-hmm. Great game. Bioshock Infinite. Good game. <laughs> Great game, good game. <laughs> there you go. Great game, good shoot game. Shoot him in the arm, shoot him in the head. Yeah, shoot him in the arm, shoot him in the head. Fable 1 and 2. Fable 3, meh. Uh, <laughs> the Force Unleashed, which I was way into when it came out. Street Fighter 4. Oh, my God. Mortal Kombat 9. We played a lot of Street Fighter 4. Gears of War. Mm-hmm. Halo. War and it was the first generation where, for me personally, I could reliably play online against other people and with my friends. I know you could play online with the PlayStation 2. I never had the PlayStation 2 modem. You know what I mean? Never did that. <clears throat> this was the first time you could reliably play online with folks. Game Xbox uh uh X what was Xbox Live worked great. The party system was easy. It, probably easier than it is now, to be honest. So yeah, I think the 360 generation was my favorite. Uh, and I think the 361. Now, oh, yeah. the PlayStation 3 started making some strides coming back towards the end. Yeah, in retrospect, they had some pretty important games like Demon's Souls and Uncharted The Last of Us. And The Last mm-hmm. of Us and a lot of other stuff, too. But it's where they started building back up. They started right. rough and they righted it. They and, you know, in at the end, like, <clears throat> I feel like the way people frame it a lot of times, they try to make it seem like, the 360 won the generation. It didn't. The PlayStation 3 still outsold the 360. Right. Just on name. You know. You know um, Xbox doesn't sell well in Japan. It just doesn't. Um, but for me, the 360 wins. The Wii, I never owned a Wii. <clears throat> I don't like motion control stuff. Um, I recognize there were a lot of good games on the Wii. But there was also mostly shovelware. Yeah. Mostly bullshit on the Wii. I didn't get... I didn't with the Wii much at all. Mm-mm, me neither. Than, like planned bowling. Yeah. You know, Everybody's played some Wii bowling and yeah. some Wii golf. And I've had fun doing both of those things, right. but I would not consider it the winner of the generation. No. Guitar Hero. Oh my God, Steve. Guitar Hero Rock Band. Just so much stuff. Now, Dead Space. A quick Dead Space. Res- just so much stuff. And, and you know what? Another big thing was. I feel like the three, and I could be mistaken, but in my memory, the 360 embraced the indie slash smaller title stuff way earlier than PlayStation did. Definitely. So, you know, we've talked about it before, the summer of arcade with Castle Crashers, Shadow Complex, Bastion, Mm -hmm. you know, like... Explosion Man. Misplosion Man. Limbo. Limbo, Braid, so on and so forth. These amazing games that... 10 bucks, 15 bucks at the most, and you were getting amazing. Really good stuff. Like thinking out of the box style 
games that were a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's another thing that raises the 360 MI9. Totally, because that honestly was the first time I really felt exposed to cheaper price point games that were really good. Yes. You know, and I knew that was a thing... I guess on PC at that point, mm-hmm. but I was I wasn't a PC gamer at that. Yeah, point. me neither. I like I said, you know, by that time my PC was starting to show its age and it was an internet machine. Yeah. basically. Yeah, uh, yeah. I had a laptop, but it was for work. It's not running anything, you know. I, I had an iPhone, mm-hmm. you know. Which yeah, was... and you know when I got my th- my PlayStation Three, I downloaded two titles like the day I got it. One was kind of like a Smash TV ripoff of some sort. Awful. And the other one was Super Stardust HD, Super Stardust HD, which was made by the same company that made Returnal. Housemark. Housemark. Um, and it was a good game, but not anything to write home about. Yeah. Not something on the level of a Castle Crashers or a Shadow Complex or whatever. I enjoyed Ragdoll Kung Fu. That's a good game. That was pretty fun. I've thought about buying a PlayStation 3 just to download ragdoll kung fu it would be my ragdoll kung fu machine i was tempted to do that a while ago to play demon souls but aren't you glad you didn't i'm glad i didn't because i mean those things are still super expensive they are they, especially if you want to try and get one that's got the playstation one and two backwards compatibility in it mm-hmm. they're expensive and unreliable unreliable they could yeah. go out on you any minute just like mine did but I mean, like all the generations, like I have such great memories of lots of stuff. Like the Super Nintendo, I feel like won that generation. <laughs> I think you know. that's the closest to the Xbox 360 generation but to me. With for as far as nostalgia, but here's the thing: we just went through that list of games that the PlayStation 4 had, and those are all. Now I think some time I need some time separated. Right. You know what I mean? It's still too close. I agree, but like just the achievements mm-hmm. of if you think about oh, what yeah. we played, in, like th- I feel like the PlayStation Four had some of the most fully realized, like incredible game experiences that up to this point. Yeah, it, like, it's like if were, you looked at the PlayStation's uh, like graph, mm-hmm. the PlayStation Two, one of if maybe not the best selling console of all time, I can't remember, another, but it's up there. Another fantastic generation. comes out. Mm-hmm. And then the PlayStation 3 comes out, and it like it seems like PlayStation's star drops a little. But then they just slowly but surely start pumping out the fucking hits on the PlayStation 3. They bring out some revisions. They drop the price, et cetera, et cetera. And it just slowly rises till by the time you hit the 4, they're running on all cylinders. Meanwhile, Microsoft's like... You guys like the Connect? <laughs> you guys want to watch uh, TV through you your Xbox? You want to talk huh? to your Xbox? Hey, Xbox! Watch porn! Hey, Xbox! Hey, Xbox! Hey, Xbox! Watch babysitter porn! Hey, Xbox! Xbox? Hey! Xbox! Watch Star Wars. You know what I mean? And it just kept rising until, like, clearly the PS4 won that generation yeah oh my god and and handled fashion (laughs) so i would say my second favorite and in under the right circumstances i could maybe even be convinced that it was my favorite generation was the super nintendo sega genesis era yeah as far as nostalgia goes it's tough to beat banger systems hardy systems Mm -hmm. you never you know what never happened to my (laughs) my super nintendo or my sega genesis a data sync issue or a red (laughs) ring of death 
You know what I mean? Ain't that the truth? Ain't ever had a problem with no, them. No, man. Ain't never had a patch of damn game. Mm-mm. You might get a doo-doo game yeah. and be like, damn, I wish this could connect to the internet, whatever the fuck that is, and they could patch <laughs> this. But but back in those days, I knew a hack. You could return games to the fucking game store. See you later, you doo-doo game. you did it quick game. enough. Mm-hmm. Which is what I did. They would let you do it within 48 hours or whatever it was. Three days sometimes. I remember my friends in college couldn't believe that. They were like, you, what? We opened it. We played it. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It come, they they stood outside. I remember they wouldn't go in the store with uh-uh. me because they thought I was going to get arrested or some shit. <laughs> Steve's trying to steal from a Babbage's. <laughs> exactly. And I, I walked out with the, ga- the game we wanted. I wanted. I think it was Bushido Blade, actually. And they were like, oh, I can't believe it. This, this is crazy. And you know what? Another thing that, and, and this may sound goofy, that adds to my love of the 360 generation, the era of the, let's go to the midnight launch. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I just remember you, me, and Will going to midnight launches for games and just like, dancing as we come out of the door <laughs> and be like all right i'll see you in 20 minutes 15 20. 15 20 minutes taking the day off from work to play bullshit dude <laughs> you know what i mean this i'm not in the position where i can take a day off to play a game much anymore <laughs> but that what i would take the day off to play ridiculous yeah <laughs> i'm uh planning on taking elden ring day off you should. That's going to be like a Friday, I, 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 would, I would imagine. I think so, so too. That'll be fine. Go yeah. Go the weekend. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the next game I would take the day off for. You know, <sighs> back in the day, I would have taken off for the Halo beta. You know what I mean? <laughs> Didn't take much. You'd right. be like, are you taking that day off for Army of Two, too? <laughs> I'd be like, yes, sir. And I'd play 10 minutes of Army of Two, too, and be like, Two. Oof. Kane and Lynch, huh? Yeah. Taking the day off for Kane and Lynch. <laughs> yeah. Sure am. Taking the day off for uh, Oblivion Horse Armor DLC. <sighs> Oblivion Horse. There you go. That's that's uh, that's about as low as you can go there, yeah. I think. So, yeah, I think that's my favorite generation. I think I agree. But, you know. The PlayStation 2 generation? Yeah, that's also the GameCube, great like with the GameCube. And what would you say? The Dreamcast was in the same generation? I feel like Dreamcast would have been the same generation as the PlayStation 1. Maybe Saturn. Some kind of in between. Yeah, it's, it was after the Saturn. You're right. So yeah, yeah it would have been a PlayStation 2. That PlayStation 1, Saturn, uh, 64 generation. Ain't half bad either. No. PlayStation 1 won that. Give me the PlayStation 1, although I adore the Sega Saturn. Uh, you know, if I had the choice of any of those three systems, if someone said, you can, I'll give you this system in any five games you want, Saturn would be what I'd choose. Just because I don't have a ton of experience with it, and there's a lot of good stuff on the Saturn I'd love to play. Yeah. That's very expensive, by the way. Mm-hmm. Have you ever looked at Sega Saturn game prices? I haven't. Do me a favor. There's a game I'm dying to play called Panzer Dragoon Saga. It's Panzer Dragoon, but a JRPG. Look that up on eBay. I'm, on, I'm pulling up the eBay app now. <clears throat> Tell me what the price is on this game, because it's expensive. Uh, it looks to be right around sixteen to seventeen hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. For the two thousand, there's used uh for like 
that has 23 bids with a day left at sitting at $860. That's going to go up. up. That's going to shoot up. Interesting. Yeah. So it's very expensive. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, thanks for the question, Phil. Yeah. Thanks buddy. Phil's a great dude. Yes. Next up we got Neil. He says, Hey guys. So I had a fun idea for the show that I have been already implementing with you two, which is the sharing of achievements and hell yes moments and games that we get to. Let's share a conquest so we can revel in the victory together. Send your screenshots and videos. Um, okay, I got an achievement. I got past the data sync issue last night and was able to play the battlefield. <laughs> That's pretty good. I don't know that I've had a recent, right? like, oh, hell yeah, I, I can't believe I pulled that off moment in a game. You get that all the time with the From games. Like, I remember Sekiro probably being the most recent one that was like... I wanted to stand up when I beat the final boss of that game. Like, you know, I had bounced off of him so many times, days of trying. That's, (laughs) you know, I think that's what I was missing. Getting into a From game is the accomplishment of finally getting past this part. It is get it like with the hard ones, it's you get a head rush. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm serious. It's like getting high off of like a really quick hit. There was a real funny pure adrenaline. (laughs) It's crazy. There was this really funny thing going around last November after the PlayStation five launched, because apparently one of the settings you could do was when you get an achievement, it records you unlocking that trophy. And, but what you could also do is set it to record the audio because, you know, the controller has a mic in it. Mm-hmm. And that was a compilation that this dude put together when he realized it recorded him every time he beat a boss in Demon Souls. <laughs> and I've never related to something more because you see him be, he's like, fuck yeah, fuck you, wasting my time. <laughs> and then I was immediately had to go look and see. And mine was not set to record oh, audio. Nice, so. nice. And to be honest, Demon Souls like that's a that's that's a tough comparison because the bosses are not too bad in that one. Man Eater, how did you feel when you beat the Man Eater the first time? Amazing, you felt pretty good, right? Like that. But the- you know what else I did? I beat him, collected my souls, went back to the Nexus, saved, and turned the game off. For a- I was like, oh, yeah. I, I beat him. I need to chill. Absolutely. There's a boss in. Dark Souls 3. Her name is Sister Frida. And uh, I remember I had a really, really hard time with her. And uh, it was one of those things where you go after her so hard and then you go to bed and you're just like, why can't I? Why can't I do this? What's wrong with me? What is wrong with me? And then you get up the next morning, first try. I've, I've had that happen so many times, not just in, not in from games necessarily, right. in other games. other games too. Mm-hmm. And where it's just like, I think you just beat your head against the wall so much in this one part that you can't see the forest f- through the trees and you just need to separate yourself from it. And I've had it happen so many times. I remember when I was going through Mass Effect 2 on Insanity to get the last achievement I need to 100% the game. There was this part where you get ambushed in an enemy ship. And, buddy, I think I tried it 30 times. And I gave up. (laughs) And the next day I called my brother-in-law, Goose, who I knew had already beaten the game on Insanity. And I was like, dude, how did you get past this part? And he was like, my 
I can't tell you, man. I don't know. It's hard as shit. I can't even remember. It sucked. And I was like, well, a lot of help that was. I looked up YouTube strategies. Goose facts. Yeah. I looked up YouTube strategies, and I was like, yeah, this all looks like what I'm doing. I don't get why it's not working. Come home that night, sit down, fire it up, boom, beat it on the first try. So, yeah, I, I, it happens all the time, and I don't understand it. I I think it's just, you know, practicing guitar can kind of be like that, too. I'll mm-hmm. remember, like, practicing a part over and over, and I just can't get it, can't get it, can't get it. Put it down, and then just the next day, I'm just doing it easily. And it's just, it almost is like the practice has to set in overnight. Yeah, you got to let so It's mm-hmm. marinate. You're marinating, yeah. And then, like, daniel San after painting the fence 50 billion times yeah sand the floor and see what happens Mm -hmm. all right next up we have uh our buddy chris fresh oh buddy of the geek dudes podcast hey now stephen halls if that is your real name (laughs) i firstly wanted to say that the podcast is rad and you guys have been killing it even if halls shitting on the nintendo 64 was bullshit I don't know that I shit on the Nintendo 64. <laughs> I just think people need to view the library as a whole when considering the greatness of the Nintendo 64. Are there bangers of on course. the 64? Yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so a big part of gaming for me in the 90s and early 2000s were gaming magazines. I love them. I still do and subscribe to Retro Gamer, Gamer and Sega Man- Mania as I'm an old fart. And I'm a sucker for nostalgia. So I'm curious, were you guys readers of gaming mags? If so, what were your go-tos? Did you ever send in a letter or a crudely drawn picture of Sonic or Mario Mario getting brutally murdered? <laughs> I preferred the UK mags to the US one, so CVG and Mean Machines were must-buys for me. We also had a great and long-running magazine in Australia called Hyper that lasted from 1993 until around 2019. Anyways, keep up the good work, and thanks for the show. Love, Fresh. Oh, man. Yeah, I love game magazines, mainly in the 90s. I feel like they stopped being a thing kind of once the internet took off um, for me. That's where they started dying off. I feel and it's a shame. Right. I agree, because in the 90s, I loved them. I couldn't yeah. wait till the new episode of Electronic Gaming Monthly came EGM out. EGM was a big one for yeah. me. Game Pro was game one. Game Pro. I remember so obviously you had your Nintendo Powers. Mm-hmm. First gaming magazine I ever got was a Nintendo Power. That was the first one. And I never had a subscription to any magazines. They were always sort of a treat. You know what I mean? Go out, oh, uh, you can get a magazine. Fuck yeah. Get a Nintendo magazine or a uh, whatever the Sega Sega. There was a Sega one, I can't remember. Um it might have been uh I can't remember. Yeah, I don't remember um, the Sega one. And just pouring over them, reading every single word front to back, the ads. Do you remember the ads that oh, used to yeah. be in gaming magazines? Yeah, I almost oh. talked my mother into buying me a um, uh, like imported copy of Street Fighter Two for the Super Nintendo before it came out. How would you have been able to play it? I would have had to buy like another... A, a, Jap, a Japanese a Famicom, system, a Famicom, yeah, oh, and I goodness. almost talked her into it, but then I decided to wait. It was probably the smarter move. We spent way less money. My family couldn't have afforded something like that at the time. Man, <laughs> how balling, cool. 
How ball... You know, sometimes I listen to other video game podcasts and they'll have like a guest on who's talking about how they were playing imported PlayStation 1 games or Super Famicom games back in the day. And I'm like, where the fuck did you live where those were readily available, sir? Yeah, no. You know? I never knew anybody who had stuff like that. Because when I was a kid... Where where did I go to buy video games? It was like Kmart, Walmart. Like mm-hmm. we didn't even have, you know, a GameStop or an EB Games or a Toys R Us in my hometown of Columbus, Mississippi. So yeah, I had a Babbage's in the mall. Yeah, where I grew up. So that was that was my um, go to. What and then when I really really got into game magazines was the era of the included demo oh those disc. were great too mm-hmm. so you had the official xbox magazine which or the playstation the magazine mm-hmm. there were in sometimes they wouldn't even be the ones necessarily associated with a single console or system and right. they would still come with a demo disc i didn't like the official magazines because i didn't feel like that uh, that coverage was any kind of objective it seemed kind of too yeah exactly it seemed more like a catalog yeah it was there were fluff pieces if you really wanted to like see pictures of a game or whatever i could totally understand but if you were like i don't know man the official xbox magazine says brute force is is great yeah i don't know if i'd buy it yeah so but (laughs) the era of getting a demo disc and like i remember and I don't even think these were all necessarily included with a magazine, but the first time I played Metal Gear Solid, it was a demo. I played a Metal Gear Solid demo. And I was like, this shit is cool as hell. <laughs> I'm going to get this game. Siphon Filter. Mm-hmm. You remember Siphon Filter? I Siphon Filter. I played a demo of that. Jet Moto. Mm-hmm. Demo. Cool game. Toe Ball. Parappa the Rapper. Parappa the Rapper was a demo mm-hmm. that I played. I've never played anything in Parappa Rapper, but that demo. Really? Uh, I need I played, to pick that shit up at some time. But, yeah. I rented uh, it and beat it. You know, uh, getting the Final Fantasy VIII demo after loving Final Fantasy VII and mm-hmm. being like, oh, shit, the demo. I remember I bought, this is not a magazine, but I bought Zone of Enders to get the Metal Gear Solid Two demo. I think I... Did the same thing because it came on a separate disc in there that's what they would start doing they would include a demo if you bought the game mm-hmm. but where the demo disc really came in and where if you really wanted to read some snark in a magazine were pc gaming magazines agreed and i was gonna bring up pc gamer because that was a big one for me yeah and, and nick especially growing up that because uh, we were that was mainly i was into pc gaming mm-hmm. like kind of there as well mm-hmm. like I, I was into console gaming around that age but more kind of into pc gaming at the time and that one man you want to talk about superiority Snark <laughs> and superiority, superiority con- they would openly <laughs> shit on consoles oh my God, yeah. and i like now that i think about it I understand so much of Nick's personality now. <laughs> yeah. Huh. PC um, gamer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but like, you know, talking about the demo disc included with PC gamer magazine. First time I ever played Duke Nukem 3D, a demo. First time I ever played Tomb Raider. Wasn't on a console. It was a PC demo. Daggerfall, the second Elder Scrolls game. Before I even knew what Elder Scrolls was, a demo. You know, so on and so forth. So many games that... I only have experience with the demo of, and I would play them 
for hours. There were no achievements. There were no trophies. It was a demo. Yeah. yeah just a demo. I, buddy, the getting that shrink-wrapped PC gamer with the cardboard demo disc in there, unless you go to like Borders or Books a Million and some savage has gone through <laughs> and stolen all the demo discs. Did you ever walk up on a disaster scene like that? No, luckily. They'd be doing that in Oof. Columbus, Mississippi. And just being like, all right, first step, read the magazine. Second step, we're playing every one of these demos. <laughs> Checking we're them trying all. them all. Yep. <laughs> oh, man, a demo. the era of the demo disc paired with the magazine, that is the good shit. Hell yeah. And then in more recent times, I got my... my you want to know what the first ever mag, gaming magazine subscription I got was? The free Game Informer subscription you get with your Power Up Rewards points at GameStop. Yeah, I never got them sent to my house. And uh, as I was sitting there, like, there was a time when I looked forward to getting Game Informers. And then it just died off. Where, like, they'd come in and I would, like, flip through them and then throw them away. Yeah. And the quality really dropped off. And I think what really hit me was I was like, oh, much like the official like Xbox magazine or official PlayStation magazine. This Game Informer is owned by GameStop. Yep. This is yet another thing that's just trying to sell you games. They're viewing it as like a, basically a catalog for you to come into GameStop and pre-order. Exactly. It's not know, like a... Uh, Skate 3 or whatever. Yeah, it's not like a super benefit to your subscription. It's uh-uh. just more like, here, here's a catalog. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, that's the last... It, so much so that when I went into re- that last time I renewed my GameStop thing, they're like, do you still want to get the physical magazine or do you want to get digital? And I was like, digital. And I haven't <laughs> looked at a single one of those digital magazines. Man. I need to look. Because, like, you know, I know there are some, like, Retro Gamer I've heard a lot of good things about. And I know there's some other more niche specialty gaming magazines now. So I need to look into them and see if there's one that I, because I, I could get into that. Yeah, man. Freaking, my PC ran slower than Chris Fresh's orgasms back then. Oh my God, that poor fella! <laughs> Shout out Fresh, by the way. Uh, he, he was recently playing with some of his his Mega Drive. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. I hope it didn't. I don't think it got destroyed in an earthquake. They did have no, an earthquake there recently. They did. Uh, yeah, he was talking about it on Geek Dudes this week, which I'm only about 30 minutes into, and it it's something. I can't wait to hear it. I, I save all that stuff for my work because I drive a lot, and I need it for that. At one point, he's like, hey, you guys keep talking. I'm going to go get a drink. <laughs> I'm going to go get a refill. And you hear Chris leave, and, and just in the background, to nobody in general, you just hear him go, fuck this show. <laughs> so funny. I laugh so hard. Yeah, he, he he broke out the old Mega Drive and got it all. They've been playing some Daytona. Mm-hmm. It's a good game. Oh, yeah. Um, X-Men Children of the Atom, he said they've been playing. It's a good game. Uh, and they've also been playing some Streets of Rage 4, which I was real stoked nice. to hear about. Awesome. Yeah. Looks like cable hell, but, uh, you know, that's how it was back then. Yeah. All those stuff. adapters and shit to get the 32X, the Genesis, and the, the CD all hooked up together. Shit. Yeah, but shout out to those geek dudes, uh, Uncle Mitch and Jonesy, too. Good dudes. I love, those. I love that podcast. It's so funny. <laughs> Next up, we got Kevin. Hey, guys. Love the recent conversations around Halo memories and playing multiplayer. There's nothing better than dual-wielding needlers. I'm at this precarious point in my life where the only gaming system I have is an iPhone and a Switch. 
I got Super Smash Brothers recently after my son played it on vacation. Pretty fun so far. Any tips I should know about? The game pre- seems pretty straightforward, but is there anything you wished you knew before playing it, Kevin? All right, this is you, all you, buddy. Buddy, I'm even I'm not going to be the best source for Super Smash stuff because this is the first Smash game I've ever owned. Mm-hmm. I played some of the Nintendo 64 one back in the day. Like, there was a time where uh, Will insisted on hooking the 64 up to play S- Smash Brothers 64 when we lived in Starkville. But I don't have a ton of experience. So I brought bought Ultimate, and I really, I do really enjoy it. But I'm also with Kevin where <clears throat> I don't know a ton about it. But I will tell him this. What I would suggest to do, at least for now, pick out, you know, two, three, maybe four or five characters you really like. Because there's so many mm-hmm. in Smash Brothers Ultimate. Yeah, it can be daunting to yes. see a character select screen with them. You know, for me, I get in there and I see, okay, they've got Ryu. They've got Cloud Strife. <laughs> you know, I like those dudes. Mm-hmm. Those are going to be two of my mains. They also just added... Uh, home slice from uh, Tekken too. Mm-hmm. Yep. And they added uh, Terry from King, King of, of Fighters. Fighters. Nice. <clears throat> Terry Bogard. So pick out, you know, a couple characters you'd like. And then what I would do is look up, this is what really helped me, go on YouTube and look up like, you know, Smash Brothers Ultimate Cloud Strife for Beginners. And they'll give you some basic strategies and stuff for how to play the characters because that is a big part of of fighting games in general, but especially Smash, right? That really helped me get a grip on Smash. So that would be my main uh, tip, right, for getting into Smash Ultimate. Yeah, and I don't know how to, how Smash plays. So you know, just general fighting tips. Basically, what you said was was really good. Like the pick just a couple of people and make sure yeah. you're super comfortable with them. Get comfortable with one first, then make it two, then make it three. You know, mm-hmm. build it from there. And eventually, you'll have a decent little roster of people you're, exactly. you're pretty good with. And I'm sure that there's um, characters who will play similar to the character that you use. So yeah. it'll naturally lead to you, oh, I know how this works, so I can use this character. Oh, so this guy's a sword guy. Right. I, I bet you I'm pretty good with sword guys or whatever. All right, we got one voicemail before we uh, end this. And this is from our buddy, <clears throat> the Temptress, Josh. Oh, from Sacred Icon. And look, he sent me a message and he was like, hey, I sent you guys a message. It's pretty long. Uh, you don't have to play it on the show, but I just really wanted to send it to you guys. And I told him, no, of course we're going to play it. But he told me it's seven or eight minutes long. And I says to myself, you know what else is seven or eight minutes long? <laughs> Merkaba by Tool. One of their only instrumental songs. And I thought it would be funny to take Josh's voicemail and then lay Merkaba by Tool under it without listening to Josh's voicemail. So I can't, like, we may start this and you'd be like, dude, the music's too loud. And then we'll just play Josh's voicemail without it. But let's see, okay? I did a little experiment because I didn't want to spoil it. Right. So here we go. This is from Josh. And I'm expecting it to be uh, him inviting you to be the third co-host on Sacred Icon. What up, though? Hey, guys. Wow, I've been meaning to do this for a while. Um, especially for you, Hawes, I have not done this. I've been meaning to do this as a Blue Harvest listener for 
years now, and uh, I haven't um, I haven't done it uh, for like any other podcast aside from it was like uh, making Star Wars back in like 2015. I did it. I sent in like an email rant about Salacious Crumb, and I was so self conscious that when it got read off on the show, I hid under my fucking bed and listen to the podcast because I was like, I like, I was so self-conscious. I didn't want people to see my face. I was, I was that self-conscious. And, uh, I was like, yep, that's, uh, I'm cringing at myself at what I said. So, um, but, uh, no, you guys are, are amazing doing this podcast. I have seriously had such a blast. You guys really get me through my Monday nights, uh, listening to this. I mean, just, you know, there's, there's so many, I think you said it Hawes kind of in the beginning. Um, when you guys first started, maybe it was you, Steve, but, um, you get, when you guys mentioned something about how, like, you don't want to necessarily be a, a gaming podcast that just covers like the, the topical stuff, like the news. And to be honest, I find that incredibly refreshing. Like you guys did the PlayStation showcase one, which was awesome. You know, like there's a time and a place for that, uh, kind of talk. Right. But like, um, there's just so many other podcasts that do that. And I'm someone who personally, like I like when people just talk about specific things and just kind of dive into the nostalgia of it and just talk about their experiences with it. Um, you know, that's kind of why, uh, you know, even though they like when Brian and I have been doing stuff on the halo podcast, like it's, uh, there, you know, there's a lot of it that's been infinite news, but at the same time, um, we've done so many episodes just talking about, um, you know, past halo games. Cause we like to just, I mean, like a lot of the reason why we love this stuff is because of nostalgia. So anyway, um, you guys just do such a great job with that. And I've li- I've loved listening to the episodes. I mean, like I haven't even played, I probably played like 20 minutes of Bloodborne and I got my ass handed to me. And so I definitely need to play more of that game. I need to play more of you know, Demon Soul, all the, the Soulsborne games, right? So I'm missing out on that stuff. But listening to you guys talk about Demon Souls and stuff was just really awesome to hear you know like I think uh, that's the best way I can put what I'm trying to convey is that you guys even if there's a game that I haven't played or haven't experienced you guys just have a way with your own enthusiasm that makes me interested in hearing about it and listening whereas I think I have some friends that I know even more than you guys where I'm just like if they were talking about it I'm like I don't care I'm gonna yawn let's move on (laughs) I don't give a shit but when you guys talk about it you know, selfishly, I'm, I'm a bit biased. I get biased, and I'm like, man, my ears perk up, and I, I listen more. So, um, but uh, Steve, you do such a wonderful job on there, man. I love getting to interact with you on Twitter, and uh, you guys shout me out on the podcast. Oz was, dude, that I can't express how happy that made me and made me laugh and stuff like that. But Steve, man, I, you're such a kind soul, dude, and I, I, I've heard you in the past on the on the on Blue Harvest and stuff, and uh, that's that was all it's just awesome that you're on here doing this with Hawes now I'm just I'm so happy getting to hear your voice getting to hear your thoughts on these things and, and your experiences and then just getting having the interactions with you I'm like I'm such a fan of you so getting to know you man is just awesome and your music is so great I'll be laying in my bed you know waking up just I'm in that state where I'm like half asleep but like waking up still and in my brain I just hear that high potion podcast and I'm like <laughs> my eyes just like blare awake like that one dude from The Shining when he was just laying in his bed and he just knew shit was a miss. Except for me, I'm like, new podcast? So I get pumped. But, um, <laughs> but Hawes, man, uh, I got to tell you, dude. Look, I've been such a huge fan of you, man, for, for so long. I mean, I back in like 2017, 2018, I was just going through such a rough time in my life. And um, your podcast with you and, uh, with you and uh, Will were just 
getting me through some really rough times. You know, you know when you're in that state of mind where it's like you got stuff going on in your life and you're at work, like the one place you don't want to be, you're kind of there and you don't have any way to kind of like get through it aside from just getting through it. Well, I would put on Blue Harvest, man, and then Rogue One and like you just you've always been so funny and you like you just have this natural way with your humor where you don't even have to try. You know, it just kind of just exudes out of who you are. And, like, I can still remember you talking about, like, Wookiee dicks and shit, man. Like, that stuff had me in fucking tea. Like, I was spit laughing at work, um, just choking, and people would look at me funny. Like, what's so funny? I'm like, you wouldn't understand. And also, I'm not going to explain Wookiee dicks to you. But anyway, that's beside the point. So, but you, you know, you've just always been so funny, man, and so entertaining. And I, you know, when you've had guests on, you're super accommodating, and you're just super nice to people, and always, like, really friendly and accessible. And it's just, it's made it so much fun to listen to as well as support you guys on the Patreon. Um, I've been huge uh, support on there for, I think a couple years now in that $5 tier and just the, the bonus episode content you put out is so inspiring. And I've really looked to the way you've done things with Will, um, as to how Brian and I do some of the stuff on sacred icon and, uh, can't do it as good as you do it, but I mean, it's just, it's still been inspiration and helped give me an idea of maybe how to approach things because I'm like, well, I like how Haas does this. I like how him and Will do this. So I'm going to try to do that in my own way because it's just a nice foundation, I think. But um, a huge fan of you, dude. Also, you got the greatest smile. I love whenever I see pictures of you and Jesse together. You seem so, such a happy soul, man. And, and you guys seem so happy together. And I just, I, I, I geek out over that. I just, I love the two of you two as a pair and everything. And, uh, I don't know, man. Not enough good things to, or, you know, I, I, I don't have the time to say all the things I want to say, but I guess I'll just have to send in more for another time. But, uh, man, I love you guys. Steve, you're just such a nice guy. Um, super cool and super talented with the music. And I love our interactions in Hawes. I've just been a big fan of yours for so long. And I've always been wanted to be your friend, but I'm also like, I don't want to bug this guy, you know, because you probably get hit up so much. So I'm like, I don't want to annoy this guy or anything. But uh, I just, I... Man, I got I, I got such a man crush on you, buddy, and uh, I, I love you, dude. And, and thank you for all the work you've done for so long with, with Blue Harvest and just everything. And now doing this uh, with Steve, I mean, that makes it just it's a, it's double hauls and double the fun. And now, I, like I can remember listening to you on Blue Harvest for so long, and you would occasionally like talk about video games that weren't Star Wars as much as all of Star Wars. It, I just, I, I, there would be that part of me that's like, man, Hawes could talk about anything and make it sound fucking cool please talk about this, you know, like sometime. And I never really like went and said that, but I was just always hoping it internally, you know? And then now you're doing this with Steve and I get to hear both of you guys. And I just like, please keep this going, man. If you guys threw up a Patreon for this or something, I would, I'd have to drop down some support or something. I don't know. just such good content guys. And anyway, uh, I've, I've rambled long enough, but you guys are great. Uh, keep up the great work guys. Dude. Whoa. <laughs> Thank you so much for the nice words. Yeah, buddy. Thank you. I really like the music underneath it. I think so. <laughs> like, he'd be really getting into it, and then it, like, just now. And by the way, I didn't plan. Like, I literally, I downloaded his voicemail. I downloaded Merkaba. I laid them side by side, and I cut the end of Merkaba off where his voicemail ends. And then I lowered it in the mix so it wouldn't overpower Josh. Um, perfect. That's all I did. It's perfect. Telling you, and just as a uh, an explanation to like where the idea for that came from, like jokingly, I told Steve, like, "Hey, Josh sent us a voicemail. He said it's really long," 
and I was like, he was, and Steve was like, um, oh, really? How long is it? And I was like, it's about the length of a Tool song as a joke. And then we were joking. I was like, I'm going to put Merkaba behind it. <laughs> so thank you, Josh. If you guys are into Halo, uh, you should definitely listen to the Sacred Icon Halo podcast got it, man. Yeah, those... with Josh and Brian. Legends, man. Yeah, legends, man. Those guys are real enthusiastic about the product. Uh, I love listening to their memories on Halo as well. Like, it's a lot like ours, you know? Yeah, well, you know what I like? I like that, like, you know, not everything, much like Star Wars, right? Not everything's always good news with Halo. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, there could be a year delay. There it's could a tough be, community. Yeah, it's know? a tough community. Those dudes, I feel, take, like, a, a similar approach to, like, what Will and I do with Star mm-hmm. Wars. Mm-hmm. Try not to focus on the negative quite as much. You know, obviously, if there's an issue or things can be addressed and you want to, but you don't want to just complain for an hour or two every week. Mm -mm. So, yeah, check those guys out. Yeah, real nice. Uh, Thanks for sending that in, buddy. Appreciate it. So, guys, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Hey, get us five more reviews. And then guess what? We're giving away a gift card. Yeah, man. Gift card. You can buy Melty Blood. Or you could buy whatever. <laughs> you could buy Army of Two Part Two. Kane <laughs> and Lynch. Can, I did hear they're uh, bringing back maybe some more games to the backwards compatibility program. Unfortunately, none of the games that I want. But you know. What are you looking for? Uh, I want the Max Payne series. Uh, you want the Rockstar Max Payne. Yeah. Yeah, but I wouldn't I mind. I wouldn't mind Max Payne one and two either. But I really want the Rockstar Max Payne three. Yeah. The one with he- the health song at the end. I want to replay that because I don't even know that I finished the Rockstar one. I played a little bit of it. You let me borrow it, in mm. fact. Okay. Um, so yeah, I would like to revisit that too. I wonder if there's a weird rights thing because you know, immediate or wasn't it Quantic Dream originally? that did Max Payne or Remedy? Remedy. Remedy. It was Remedy. Yeah. Quantic. Quantic Dream. Well, your head was in the right place. Somewhere. My, with Steve, peace and love. Love you, buddy. You're one of my best friends. My head's never in the right place. We'll see you guys next week. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.